What are we doing, people? How are we doing on uh, this Thursday night as Michael attempts to, uh, you know, turn my turn my volume down on his phone? It's not working too well. Are you sure? Even though I had it completely down before you were saying that, and now it just finally goes down. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Michael, everybody makes mistakes out of here. You know, as Hannah Montana once said, everybody has those days. Okay. I mean, I can't act like I don't know who Hannah Montana is because I definitely like Hannah Montana much better than I like Miley Cyrus now. But, Bro, Hannah Montana was the show back in the day. For me, because you know, I was a child. It, it was a, it was a little more uh, young blood for me. Well, I would hope so. What were you about thirty five when that show was out? Okay, that's how old how old I am now. So yeah, okay, uh huh. I, I still don't think I'm not sure. I believe it. You know, it's all right, Michael. Michael, how are you doing on this Thursday night, though? I mean, let me I'm start little... show off correct by asking. <laughs> I'm a little flustered. I'm not going to lie. I literally just walked in the door, took off my polo from work, and threw this on and ran upstairs. I asked my wife to fix me a glass of water because you guys know I always have a thing of water with me. And uh, to bring upstairs as I'm trying to get the computer set up. And turns out I took the computer downstairs because I was going to try to work on something today and it didn't work anyway. So she brought me my water up and I had to run downstairs to get the computer and get the computer set up and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, so... It's been it's been a morning or a morning. It's it's been a process. I'll say that. But as far as the whole day, it's been interesting. Let's just say that. Uh, not really too much going on in the world of baseball, but at least there's a lot going on in the world of Michael Lawson. So that makes it fun. Exactly. That is How about yourself? You know, Michael, I think the uh, sleep deprivation has finally caught up to the kid. Uh I, uh, let's see. Because, you know, Michael, waking up at 11 o'clock shouldn't be hard for anybody. But when you go to bed at 5.30 in the morning, it uh, gets a little more interesting. Because, you know, that technically, be that's, only about, that's only about six hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a normal person waking up at 11, they're, they're nice and refreshed. Right. me, eh, you know, a little tough. A little tough. I can see how that would be a problem. But, but you know, know, working through I took a nice, like, uh, you know, 30-minute power nap before the show, which, you know, considering it's 9.30, that means I should probably just go to sleep for the night. But we're here for the people, Michael. I can't just abandon everybody. No, you can't. Uh, that would just be wrong. But uh, well, honestly, you know, I you actually know, you know, tried work to today. Cancel. You tried to cancel I did try to cancel, but the show must go on, and you talked me into it, so we're having today's show. Michael, I already uh, skipped out last week for uh, you, you know, Spider-Man. You Which, did, by maybe. Way, by the way, Michael, if I have to ever make the decision again, 10 out of 10 was worth it. Well, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched it. I uh, want to watch it. I would love to watch it. And no I got a co-worker. Michael, but Spider-Man's in the movie. Oh, really? That's that's hilarious. I feel like I've heard that before. I'll tell you this, at least, as far as as far as a spoiler. So there, my buddy, he has been uh, TikToking it enough for me to be like, oh, this was a great scene. But I don't want you to watch it if if you think, you know, think you'll watch it and don't want to spoil anything. I'm like, man, let me just go ahead and watch it. And the stuff that I've seen on it 
It's pretty awesome. I want to oh, see it so you're bad. You're ruining the whole movie for yourself. I don't know when I'm going to see it, so this might be my only chance of seeing it. I'll probably watch it when it actually comes out on Disney Plus. Because if you I watched me on uh, Count the Bucket, you found out that I'm actually a cheapskate. Well, aren't we all, Michael? Well, apparently, Ethan, who was on Count the Bucket with us, he goes to a place once a, uh, every three months that it's like 150 bucks for him and his friends to eat. Like, That's crazy to me. I'm not for sure how he meant it, but still, I don't care how many people go with me. It shouldn't be over 150 bucks. Well, I mean, if you know you're sitting down with four or five people, 150, that's, you know, that's like 20 bucks a person. Yeah, that's still crazy as I hear a child crying. And that's something I told Connie earlier. It may be a rough night for me because my wife had to run to town and I'm having to crack the door open. So I may have some screaming kids coming in here. And, you know, Come on Michael in here. Michael lives in the middle of nowhere. So yes. you know, when his wife has to go to town, that means it's a six-hour trip. Yes. Is that you, Katie? Come in here, sis. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Mommy's gone. You got me. Come over here. Daddy's I doing a show. I don't I wouldn't lie. I would I wouldn't. Here, come around here so I can get you. I can't get you this way, but you're coming this way. Connie, while I'm, uh, I'm doing this, you want to talk about the Mets and what happened there, please? Oh, I, you know what, Michael? I will. I certainly will. But you know what, Michael? I do want to start off first, yeah, actually. I loved what you guys did last week. You guys missed the show last week. You talked to, I saw you guys talk a little bit about uh, how everybody got into baseball. I meant and, to ask you that. I'm sorry. I wanted to actually ask you that. It's okay. It's, it's fine because, you know what, I remembered. And I thought I would, as you know, I'm getting it. Listen, this show's just a mess. I'm out here getting FaceTime calls in the middle of it. That's popping up on my computer. You know, almost scared me. Scared me a little bit. Just, just like, um, but yes, me getting into baseball, right? So I was, uh, I was just surrounded by it, man. It was literally everywhere. Uh, I mean, like earliest memories is man the little league fields i played you know t-ball all that little all that fun stuff um and my all both of my brothers played so i was always around their games as well uh it was literally just a whole lot of baseball always and then you know you finally start watching uh you know the mlb and things like that you get further and further into it but yeah i mean it was just it was just always around uh you know, it was seven o'clock. Waking up, going to the little league field for you know my stupid t-ball game at eight, and then sitting around at the at the fields, wanting to go home, but having to wait because you know my brothers had games as well, and my brothers are two years apart from each other, not from me. Huh? Wait, no, yeah, my middle brother is four years older than me, and then obviously my other brother would be six years older than me. Right. Um, so we would. You know, they were in the, the different divisions and, and things like that. And, yeah, it was just a matter of sitting there watching them play. And, listen, you know, I'm not one to admit things like this very often. But uh, there's a reason, people, that I'm here talking about the MLB instead of, you know, getting ready to swing the bat in the minors. I wasn't very good. I, wasn't I understand. I understand. I have, I had my moments. I had, mo in fact, Michael, I still vividly remember, vividly, I tell you, one of the, fir the first pitch 
I ever saw in majors, right? Because we had, I think, I think when T-ball pitching machine, soft minor, yeah, minor major, right? First pitch yeah. I ever seen in majors, right? Your boys feeling so fancy. Your boys feeling good. And guess what? I hit a bomb down the. I'm a lefty too, batter. I'm a lefty batter, okay. a righty, which is very weird. All me and all my brothers are like that. And really, my dad's a lefty. Dalton is like that, if you remember. Yes, he is. And like my dad's an actual lefty. And okay, and bats right. Yeah, so we're all we're all just messed up. But I hit one down the left field line, Oppo. Mm. Right into the right into the trees, Michael. Foul ball. Aww. A foul ball home run on one of my first at bats of majors. And then it was all downhill from there. There was a lot of strikeouts. Uh, but that same year, I did end up, you know, second half of the year. You know, I turned it around, Michael. I, I don't know what got into me. Ended mm-hmm. up making the all star team, things like that. And listen, our all star team, <laughs> barely an all star team, by the way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Our I understand. Team, I think every single year, by the way, literally every single year, got swept in, in the All Star tournament. Oh, we, okay. Every year it was a two nothing. We're done after the first two games. Every year. But well, see, with with ours, we'd actually I think do like two teams, uh, two All Star teams that we'd always put in, and they would always divide them to try to make them both decently good instead of like. I mean, I hate to say, it, but like to stack one team, you know, oh, all yeah. the better players, and have like a, a B team or anything. So it'd always be like one A and one B, if you will, or one A two B. Or wow, one A two A. You got it. There we go. Uh, yeah. But uh, English is hard. English is hard, especially in 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 the country where I'm from. But uh, my wife is asking how the show's going, so I'm gonna take a picture of my daughter over here beside of us as I send to her. But uh, I, you know, you're talking about the foul ball, which is phenomenal. I got so upset because we was playing at this one field as I got tears on me too. And um, the, the, the fence, the home run fence or the outfield fence was a little bit short. It was probably four or five feet tall. Little league legend apparently, as Perry says in the call cast. By the way, people, <laughs> listen, we can't see your Twitter comments anymore, as we've said always. So Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, a great way to reach us. But listen, people, if you for some reason, some, I mean, a very bad reason, my – don't want to look at us you can go over the color cast it's fine and just listen to us you can leave it running in the background of your phone no big deal you know get a nice little workout in i mean i won't be the one working out look at me uh but if that's what you're into feel free if you want to watch the football game that's on right now but you hate the announcers i don't blame you you can listen to us talk a little baseball and watch some football so listen to right. head over to color cast make sure you find us Akon over USN. Michael is always MD Lawson 00 with the USN at the end. Uh, so make sure you find us. Head over to Colorcast. Give us a nice little listen. Run up those hearts. As always, we got some people in here. So we appreciate you guys running up Absolutely. the hearts. Though, but Michael, so I had back to, to my plug. story. I was going to say, I had to do a little plug. All right, fine. Michael, you don't, you don't, you don't I'm all about plugs. Yeah, no, no, okay, no. Exactly. I'm all about That's plugs. You know that. But uh, so the field that we used to play in. Uh, was called Ray Field, and I just remember that. And it was probably four foot high, I'd say. And they moved over to a new field, and it was a beautiful field. It was uh, Huff Park's what it's called, but the fence was probably six foot high. And this one dude actually threw very slow. And, again, it was Little League, so it is what it is. I mean, 
I was actually always kind of afraid of the ball coming at me, so I was a little slightly, hesitant. Michael, slightly, I don't know. Of course. Slightly. It's, but, a, uh, it's a very hard object. It really is. Even though, legit, my last year of batting in baseball, my dad was the coach. Like I kept up with my stats. I batted 700. I was actually pretty good at baseball. So I actually crow hopped into this one and swung at it, and I thought I finally hit my first home run, and I watched it go as I was trotting around. I was, I was so pumped. And where the fence was a little bit higher, it hit – right under the yellow of it and i was so upset so i had to book it to second base as far as i got it but i used i used to be really good at baseball i'm not trying to toot my own horn here i actually thought i wasn't going to make the team one year of course well this is kind of funny this is my nickname for my team one of my coaches always called me hollywood because whatever the craziest play that could happen somehow i would pull it off but in our tryouts one time uh it was probably my second year of little league so i mean i was a, a veteran if you will Pop fly ball by the pitcher. I'm coming sprinting in from first base. And it's like, you know, this under uh, underhand catch. I'm like, okay, I got this. And I missed it. But somehow it hit my arm, and I caught it between my legs and fell and kept it right against my kneecap. So they're like, you caught it. It's an out. Like, somehow you did it. He's like, oh, Hollywood. And, you know, I just – somehow crazy plays I always would pull off. Michael, I have two great moments of plays that I can remember vividly. And uh, but here's the, the weird part about one of them. I'm still not sure to this day mm-hmm. if it was real or a dream. You ever have dreams that are so vivid you just don't remember if they're real or not? Um, not that long in my life. Oh, like I'll say this: as a married man, sometimes I'll have that dream that my wife is doing something wrong, or oh, like she'll Michael. she'll have a a moment where she cheats on me, and I wake up and I look oh, at her I'm like, "You yeah, shouldn't have done we that." Oh no, 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 man! Come on. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't tell that was real or not. But when I wake up, I realize it was fake. So I don't know what you're talking about. So carry on. I'm pretty sure it's real. I'm pretty sure. But it was pitching machine. I was playing first base. And, you know, I've I've never been a big sunglasses guy. Uh But the sun was just right in the eyes, man. And I mean directly. Like, I can't see nothing. And I hear the crack of the bat. And I literally just put my glove up to protect my face. <laughs> can't destroy the money maker here. I mean, what are we talking about? Here? And I caught I, it, and I caught it, and tagged first base, unassisted double play. Legend. Nice. I'm a legend. Another nice. One, another one. I I'm playing. I and I don't remember. Oh, that's how it happened. Actually, I'm playing first base. This one, Michael, foul ball into uh, pop up fly ball into foul territory. Your boy runs over. <laughs> you know. Makes the catch, steps on first base. So that's two outs now. And then I mm-hmm. ran over to second because somebody thought I thought they tagged up on assisted triple play. Just saying. I'm just saying. Nice. Now I need to know how old you were. What was this like four or five year old? Like were you bad? No, off the no, no, no. This was majors. I mean, some people weren't very smart, Michael. Okay, okay. Because you know, Michael, did you ever have those people that played because you knew that their parents made them play? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I vividly I, remember. I hated them. I vividly remember. This one kid, um, and he, every time he went up to the bat, every time he went up to bat, right, the ball would pass home plate, and right when he knew the ball passed home plate, he would swing, so he would get out in three strikes every time. Oh my goodness! And just yeah, and just walk right back to the dugout with the bat dragging on the ground. Yeah, and Mike was even though I'm not very good, I'm one competitive person. Uh, yes, and I am. Man, too. did that like I was the dude in gym class. I was that guy. 
like playing gotcha. where all the girls would get out of the way or like oh absolutely kickball when they would get out of the way and not catch it and I would yell at them. yeah that was me right. <laughs> listen I used to dodgeball stay by the girls that would never move because you know you always have that four that's just like oh my goodness why are we playing and just not ever move I would get my own ball like stand by them so when somebody throw I can knock the ball down to protect them to try to win the game like don't play if you're not going to do this but uh thinking about reminiscing here I guess when you said that you caught a ball in foul territory I was on first base one time and I mean I've always been a bigger guy but I can move and this ball was probably hit right down by the yeah, batters. They underestimate that about us. us big I, they really do. Sometimes. Like I really have a quick first step. It's just after that you're already caught back up to me. Oh, but, uh, Michael I've never agreed more. <laughs> no I also feel like I have superpowers. I swear to God I'm faster at night. I, th- I think it's the sun just doesn't drain my energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Anyways. So this line drive is hit right down by the uh, probably the first base coach, actually, where it was at. The first baseman coach, you know what I'm trying to say. And uh, I flow on, dive out, lay in flat horizontal, about to make this catch. And it's about to be my Hollywood moment again. And the uh, first base coach raises his foot up and knocks it down. And then what's funny, this is kind of how it is. I hit the ground, and the coach turns around and said, Oh, my goodness, Michael, I'm so sorry. I just heard the thud, and I didn't know you had a play on it. I'm like, I am so pissed. One, that you kicked the ball. Two, that you said you heard a thud and ruined my opportunity there. But it is what it is, and I absolutely loved baseball. It was so much fun. Yeah, like I said, it was – it wasn't – it's funny, too, because, you know, obviously as I got older, me and my brothers got better relationships and things like that. So it was – I look back on it, and it wasn't even, like, the things that I really did that I remember too much. I just oh, remember, yeah. I mean, it, it, they were better. Like, my, my oldest brother played all four years of varsity uh, in high school, so he was no. pitch, played short. And my middle brother, uh, what, we never won a section championship in our school's history for baseball. We were not very good. And my middle brother's team was the – Michael, by the way, his name. Uh, Solid name. Yeah, overrated at best, you know. No. Uh, but they were the first team to ever do it. And in the championship game, my brother made like one of those over the shoulder. He played second base, like over the shoulder, you know, stretched out. You know, right. uh, Willie Mays, right? Mm-hmm. In, the, uh, in the outfield play. So made one of those catches and they won their first section championship. I remember being at that those games. I remember, you know, going all the travel games because uh, we all mm-hmm. play travel too. Uh, played for the for the Cyclones, never forget. Um, and, you know, all the tournaments that they would go to and then, you know, the tournaments I would go to. And right. It was – baseball was always fun. It was it was always fun. Travel team has gotten a lot bigger in my area now. I'd say probably in the last, last 20 years it's really been a big thing. But when I was a kid, it wasn't really much of a thing as far as travel teams. I wish it was. I probably would have played more. Uh, Our travel team was like – 40 minutes away from us, but we still played. Oh, yeah. We didn't really have one, like, in out, like, around us, but we found one and, and played. Gotcha. I, and I always remember, too, because the practice, like, where we would practice sometimes, like, mm-hmm. the tryouts, even though, you basically, if you paid, you were allowed to play, um, were, was in, like, a, a warehouse next to an airport. It was, like, the weirdest place. Gotcha. And, like, downstairs were, like, the batting cages. I can still remember it, but... Yeah, man. Baseball was always fun. It was one of those, like I said, everybody was involved. It wasn't, it wasn't like everything else. 
you know i feel like we all played baseball mm-hmm. and then like i because i think i was the only one that played football until like d2 or whatever it was called i mean i stopped in middle school actually no my brothers played middle school d2 but, yeah we had like mighty mites d1 and then d2 i think so you all had like peewee and stuff yeah okay awesome Listen, yeah, we didn't have tank back in the day too. A tank. Gotcha. In fact, really? that was my nickname. Really? And then I stopped playing because they scared me into practicing. They were like, "Practice in middle school is going to be so difficult." Blah blah. So they scared me out of out of going. So I never played again. And I, I don't understand. regret it per se. Don't regret it per se. But I kind of look back and I'm like, "Damn, I should have played." Because I'm because now I talk to my friends who play like in high school and middle school, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Practices weren't even hard." Really? I'm like, see, why you why you gotta scare people? Into it's like a one of the main reasons why I didn't play high school football, even though I quit football and I didn't play my eighth grade year. I played seventh grade year. Uh, the reason I didn't play high school is because they was talking about Hell Week and how bad it was, like the two days. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing that. Other than that, I would have played. But uh, I actually think I would have made a pretty good tight end. And oh, another wow. reason why I didn't play, and I talked to I think mentioned this with Ben, was football uh, started out as. Uh, fullback because I didn't care to hit anyone, and this was fifth grade because we didn't have the peewee and stuff. Like I just whoever I'd, I'd really I'd run them over. Oh, yeah, no, but uh, I was too slow to come out of my stance, my three point stance, to get to the hose to to block for the fullback or for the the tailback. So they're like, all right, we can't have you at fullback. We don't know where we're going to play you. Nobody on our team at fifth and sixth grade could remember every position's plays except for myself. Like that's just how I've always thought all through sports is I don't want to know just what I'm supposed to do. I want to know the whole thing and how it all works. So in the huddles and stuff as the fullback to be like, oh man, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I'm like, okay, you're here, you block this way. It's this one, the six holes here, four means that you're getting the ball. So they're like, all right, Michael, we're gonna have to put you at quarterback because you're the one in those plays. So I'm too slow to play fullback. I end up being quarterback. So when I get up in my seventh grade year, the eighth that's grader that's that's right. So the eighth grader was the uh, quarterback and I was the second string and I didn't like that at all. Like, <laughs> even when we were like practicing, the eighth grade quarterback was asking me again, like, "Hey, what am I supposed to do on this play?" I'm like, "Okay, listen, the quarterback can't even remember the plays. How are you going to be playing him just because he's an eighth grader?" And it was quarter, and it was a little bit of a favoritism there. So I'm like, mm, "I'm done with this. I'm 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 out." So I quit. I wish I would have kept on playing because honestly, now in high school, our team was pretty good. Uh, we we had a superstar at quarterback, so I wouldn't have played quarterback. But I actually think I would have been a pretty good little tight end. I think I played center and, like, defensive line, too. That was always – like, I literally never came out of the game. Like, the coach oh, yeah. was obsessed with me. Because yeah, I, I played – I remember when quarter- I stopped playing, he was like, you're coming back, right? You're coming back, right? And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm not. No, the like, tank no, no, is out of gas. No, I played quarterback, and I was the inside linebacker on defense. What was yeah. funny is we'd have a, a jumbo play. Here we are talking football and backstop banter, but we're just talking hey, listen, reminiscing. Talk about our childhood here. Okay. But uh, we used to have a play called jumbo where we took two linemen in and put them in the backfield, like on goal line sets more or less, and just for playoffs, you know, why not do it? I would go from quarterback to center because no one else could snap the ball either. <laughs> so it's quite funny. Like here I am. Just a hood pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all ever do shotgun? Because we never would do. Well, we did shotgun a little bit, not too much. Oh, yeah. We we did everything. Like, I was, listen, I was a professional. What can I say? 
I understand. I understand. <laughs> we got Christian in the comments. Perry was the Jewish lightning back in high school basketball. <laughs> oh, Christian. See, I've seen that on my notification, but it's not popped up in the chat yet for me. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I heard, you know, Christian over here, big college uh, football player over here. Should be in the NFL, oh, yeah. Should be in the NFL right now. Oh, uh, well, Michael, let's as, get on. As many COVID breakouts, uh, Christian, you might be able to make a team pretty you know, easy right now. This is, this is, you're not wrong. Michael, let's get into, team, uh, let me get a jersey. Let's go into the professional world here as we reminisced about our, uh, you said XFL. Uh, as, as we reminisced about our childhood and our love of the game, where it's come from. But we go on to the majors now, Michael. And there's been two managerial hires. I'm not going to lie to you people. But well, we're going to sit here and, and not pretend that one was more important than the other one. Absolutely. So the Mets hired a manager. The A's also hired a manager. In fact, I literally wrote it down. And I still can't remember what the A's manager's name is. Um, Beautiful. Oh, yeah, Michael, who is it then? The exactly. A's? Did you Mark say the A's Conte. or the M's? Really, Michael? I, I couldn't Mark, tell what you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you did. I think you did. Mark Kotze is now the uh, manager for the A's as Billy Bean, right, was the manager for the A's before he's he went over to the Padres now, I believe. Hmm. Uh, so he was their third base coach and, you know, just reading some things about it is that he made a strong first impression. Uh, actually I lied. Billy Bean is the GM. I can't remember. I don't know why I thought that that was the former coach, but you know, well, listen, we survived here. Um, and it says, you know, just reading things that Billy Bean and David Frost were beyond impressed with his preparation. Uh, like he came in and didn't consider, like he wasn't considered to be a front runner, but when he came in, he was just so prepared. He answered the questions properly that they that they kind of just knew that he was the person uh, for the job. And I think, you know, you look at him compared to what Buck is going to have to do, it's obviously two completely different things. And we'll, we'll get into Buck more because I think that's the bigger story. But, you know, just to touch on on Kotze, uh, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, he's coming in there to the A's, who we obviously know have been an analytical team forever now. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start getting into the whole process of what's he really going to do and, and you know, how much is, how much power does he truly have? And listen, with the A's, I really do think it's a situation where you come in and you're, and you're given a lot of numbers and said, listen, we're going to need you to follow these and uh, we'll be happy with you. <laughs> I, I really do think that's what the job entails over there. And Hey, there's only 30 of those spots available in the MLB. So if you can get one, I would take it as well. But it, it, there's definitely different levels of responsibility. It's it's almost hard to, you know, come down on him if something doesn't go wrong, or doesn't go right, I should say, because it's right. well, I mean, he's just doing what the what the people are are telling him to do. Right. So, One thing I do like about that hire is, you know, the A's weren't really too far out of the race this year. Uh, towards the end, probably a month or two is when you finally finally start saying, okay, they're done. Which I mean, that's pretty well close. Uh, this guy used to be the third – well, one, he used to play for the A's, and then he was their third base coach. So the guy is in the system. He knows kind of how the front office acts. He knows how the players are. So that's one thing I do kind of like about the hire. Uh, you know, and, again, just kind of piggybacking with the uh, 
analytical part of the ra of the race, the A's. So I actually don't think it's going to be too strenuous for him. Like, you know, he's going to have the group of guys that he already knows that can he can kind of conversate with and be like, okay, so this is probably what we need to do in this situation. All right, let's go with it. So I think A is actually it's an okay hire here. I'm not upset with yeah. it. Are you? No, I think it's one of the things that, you know, here's the thing, right? I think it's a very different – depending on what market you're in because, mm -hmm. and by the way, it was Bob Melvin who was the uh, manager of the A's before this. He's now yeah. the manager of the Padres. I've mixed that up before, obviously. Um, I think it depends on the market because you, I don't think we look at A's fans as in, you know, if you guys don't do this, then we're going to riot, you know, type of thing right. that you see in, you know, the big, you know, LA and, and New York mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think a, a hiring for him, works for a team like the A's because right. I mean did you know who he was before this? Like unless Absolutely you really, not. Uh, exactly. Like right. it's not, you know, that the, the big splashy name that you know everybody, you know, kind of looks at when you hire a new manager. Everybody wants, you know, the you know, a, a well known name that's gonna take you to the next level and then he might not have the name recognition, at least for the casuals. Obviously A's fans would probably know him. He's been he was right. the third base coach. But I think it works for a team like them. Uh, and I think it also works for them because fans also know that they're analytical. I I think I think that's why other teams who say they are analytical, but we know behind the scenes that they are, are the ones that frustrate their fans. You know, like the Yankees, like the like the Rays. I mean, we know that the Rays are analytical, but then you look at you know Kevin Cash saying, "Oh yeah, I didn't want you know." Uh, Blake Snell facing facing the Dodgers again in that lineup, and it's like, so did you do it, or did the numbers tell you to? Because right. you're an idiot, and if the numbers told you, then I guess we have to live with it, even though we still think it's a bad decision. I think right. when it comes to the A's, it's okay. You guys are analytical. I know it's a new manager, but how much control is he really going to have? Mm -hmm. And I believe this is also his first managerial position, uh, like as obviously being you know. If he's third base coach, I'd say yeah. Yeah, so I think he also gets a little bit of a grace period too to adjust. I don't I don't hate the hire for them at all. Like I said, I think it's a lot more of, of the numbers running everything than than him doing it, which hey, listen, it's okay, because guess what? If he if he does bad, they'll, they'll probably say, Well, you didn't actually let him manage, and if he does good, you he still might end up getting the credit. <laughs> Right. It's it's one of those situations. So uh, we're gonna find out. And yeah, he was a he was a coach for the Padres, uh, 2015. Then the he was with the Athletics, 2016 to 21, and then now obviously he is mm -hmm. their manager. So why hey, not? oh man, I I will not do that. Never mind. Oh, no, Go ahead. Oh, I'll bring it up, but I don't want to just sporadically bring it up like that because I want to do a little bit more where I have some more information because that. It's unprofessional for the situation. I don't want to do it. Sorry. Let's go on. Well, with that, I don't have much more on him. Uh, I don't think we know that much about him, obviously. We're going to see what he does throughout the season. Mm -hmm. So we go on to Buck, right? And, you know, we talked about it the last time me and you were – what was that? What? I was going to say, you know, we don't know what to expect really. But do you think there's a big difference between first base coach and the third base coach? Because in my, my experience of seeing stuff, like the third base coach is usually the next in line to move up. 
and I've always wondered, well, what's the difference? Like, why does because when a third base coach moves up, the first base coach usually moves over to third, and they get a new first base coach. Like, why is this the line of promotion here? Why? What's the third base got to do with being the next step to be the manager? See, I, I don't know. I do wonder that. I mean, I like you said, there obviously are a lot of third base coaches that do end up becoming head coaches, but you know, I've also looked at it that. You know, first base coaches have done the same thing and bench coaches have done the same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. I don't know if there is that clear line of your third base coach. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be the manager. Right. Uh, there definitely might be something there, to say the least, though, because I have, like you said, there there definitely have been a certain number of people to be, you know, third base. And then you're all of a sudden just in a managerial third. search. Yeah. But, all right. Carry know. on. Sorry. But we go with Buck now. And we talked about it last time I was on the show that we thought that this was kind of the right hire. And mm-hmm. see, Michael, this is the situation I'm talking about where I think if the Mets went out and hired Kotze or, or, or somebody right. of that, that's when you get, you know, uh, an angry email, to say the least, mm-hmm. I should say. Because, you know, even just listening to stuff after the Mets hire him, it's, you know, oh, we, we got Buck and, you know, we finally made the right decision. And, and this because that's. That's something that also can't go underrated is the fact that the Mets made the right decision. Like as right. as easy as or like as funny that, as that is to say, it's true, man. Like they have made decisions that have not been the best. Uh, Perry says he loves the hire for the Mets. That's that's what we were saying early in the offseason, him or Sosha. And yeah, man, it, like I said, I think that this is the type of hire that the Mets need because if they hire somebody that doesn't have the name. You start, getting, you, know, the <laughs> you start getting the angry fans. You start getting the angry fans and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But And a quick example of that is I absolutely love Draft Day, the movie with uh, Cleveland Browns. Big, and, you know, when they weren't getting the right quarterback, what was it? What was his name? Bo, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks. Went, yeah. Damn, look at you. When they were yeah. trading that first pick, the Seahawks, they're like, hold up. Like, we expect the noise to get him. We're pissed now that you traded away that first pick for a ninth pick, I think it was, somewhere around there. And, like, the fans went crazy for Seattle. Well, I'm just kind of using that as an example here. Like, that's how the Mets fans, I think, would be if they didn't hire a top-tier manager or just said, okay, we're going to bring in our third base coach and hire him. Like, you know, hold up. We need something a little bit bigger. So, yeah. Now, if the Reds or the A's, something like that, we've done it, okay, we understand, actually, or manager now was our third base coach come to think of it no he was the bench coach so come think of it see the smaller markets kid can do that but the bigger markets can't no they can't you know i think people think that the whole you know new york new york is 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 tough on their sports team thing is like a joke let me let me let me fill you in for somebody who lives here and listens to it you could be Jesus walking, and if you brought in the wrong bullpen pitcher at the same at, at a certain time and end up losing the game, the mm-hmm. next day everybody and their mother wants you fired. Now, Michael, like, listen, I I want the Yankees to win the World Series as much as anybody, any other Yankee fan, right? Uh-huh. Um, Aaron Boone has has made the playoffs every single year that he's been the manager of the Yankees. Every year, Boone. They've they've won they've won ninety games every year. I would say, and maybe it's just because you know the fans of him don't call into the show. 
<laughs> but I think listening to New York radio, probably 70% of people want Aaron Boone fired every year. Every really? year. There is never uh Well, see, oh, the Yankee fans. Thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, Boone lost, Boone lost the third game of the season. This is why he sucks. This is why he can't be the manager of our team. How dare you guys do this? Even though and he won like, the first two, I'm, right? I'm like, Jesus, bro. I'm like, you know, this is baseball, right? This isn't, you know, football where if you go on a three-game losing streak, your season might be over. You know, there's about 150 games left, right, guy? Yeah. See, and I hate to do this. I really do. But Yankee fans are almost like Kentucky fans with basketball. Like, I even – when we beat Western Kentucky this week, I want to say it was yesterday, somebody on Facebook actually – and, of course, I'm going to Facebook because, Connie, you need Facebook. They actually said, okay, Facebook friends, uh, it's awful quiet. We must be winning. And we won. Like, it, whenever Kentucky's losing, it is bad mouth galore. Calipari can't coach. All he is is a recruiter. He can't do X's and O's. He needs to be fired. It's past his time. And I'm like, the dude has took us to so many Final Fours, so many championships – we're the most winning team in basketball, and look at the players we have put in the NBA. Like, back off, and if you can do better, apply. That's my thing. I, I get tired of hearing people complain about so much. Like, if you can literally do better, oh yeah, go apply, try. But you know, it's always the couch potatoes are the ones that are hollering the most. Like, personally, I think Aaron Boone does pretty good. Last year, the twenty twenty season. I thought the way they played looked a lot better than this year, but you guys had a lot of injuries and different things this year, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously had to deal with COVID, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, at one point it was, you know, Judge was on COVID, and right. I think Stanton was on COVID at the same time, and you know, you have a bunch of random people uh, coming to play for you. I mean, they were bringing up people from the minors that, you know, Greg mm-hmm. Allen and Tim LaCostro and. Random, like I mean, who like you get what to the about Oso Joe playing in the NBA now? I, I didn't know, Michael. I could see that. Uh, just looking at this court, Dodgers winning it all in 2022, of course. Of course, I, I'm, I'm surprised anybody would say that, you know, I never would have guessed. Yes, mm-hmm. Dodgers win this year. Side talk NYC better than the Mets, Jets, and Giants. You know what, Christian? Not wrong. Side talk NYC is a national treasure. Uh, that's what we do here in New York. We are we're, we're basically a simulation. New York is basically a, a, a simulation. I'm not going to lie. Padres to the postseason. I would love the Padres in the postseason. I think I really this do. might be. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I we think need to together this year. Because, I mean, you look at last year, they put this team together, but they weren't on the field. I mean, Tatis right. missed all those games with the shoulder. Uh, exactly. Clevenger got hurt. He had the uh, Tommy John. You Darvish was hurt for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Snell didn't live up to, you know, what they traded and- him for. This year they're supposed to have another pitcher back that didn't pitch any last yeah, year, Clevenger. right? I, okay, yeah, yeah, Clevenger. So, yeah, I think this year is the year for Padres. Uh, Padres, that just sounded so weird to say. So, uh, I don't think we have the Giants this year. Do you? No, I don't. I think – I mean, you got Buster retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost they – they, they lost Gosman, right, to uh, Toronto? New coaches, too. Yep. I think exactly. so, yeah. But who, I can't remember who they hired. I was wanting to say they hired a new manager, but I was afraid yeah. to, uh, no. to lie. Okay, that's right. Remember the A's manager that we were yeah. talking about before? That we were just talking about. Yes, exactly. Uh, listen, Mike, what's a long day? Sorry, you know? guys. Okay. Listen, you don't even know. Uh, but where was I? Oh, I guess with the Mets. We we, 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 circle, we circle the wagons as a uh, – 
as Boomer used to say. Back to back to the Mets, but yeah, I think that I think Buck is the right hire because I mean, even listening to like I say, New York radio, it's people are actually happy about it. And the joke is, you know, the Mets never do anything right and, and this and that. And we have to give them credit when they do something right. Mm-hmm. And as simple as that sounds, when you don't do something right for a extended period of time and then you do it correct, you should get credit for it. And I think this is something that the Mets deserve credit for because, listen, they could have went out and hired somebody else, but your fan base obviously wanted Buck. And you shouldn't mm-hmm. let the fan base, you know, dictate moves that you make. But when it comes to a move like this, hell, it, it, it looks like it's going to work out because this is actually a good move. It's not where, you know, the fans all oh, go trade for Mike Trout. Well, guess what? Everybody wants to trade for Mike Trout. But, um, and, and listen, the other thing, you just signed Max Scherzer to $45 million. And he was the one coming out and saying, I'm a buck show, Walter. Not exactly the best impression if you, if, you know, you hire this, this dude for, uh, you sign him for $45 million and then you don't do what he says. Now, can you always let the players dictate what you do as a ownership as well? Of course not. But if you can, uh, Make them happy, and all it takes is a potential Hall of Fame manager. Then, yeah, I don't think it's the worst decision. I think the thing with Buck too is, I think this is I think this is his last chance. Obviously, I mean he's like sixty five. I want to say sixty six. So he's obviously up there. We know that uh, the White Sox manager. I can't. La Russa. I I want to say Lasorda. I think he's got to be older than sixty five though. No, he's seventy. He's like seventy. No, not Larusa. Uh, Buck. No, I think he's about. I think he's like sixty-six. Really? Because he looks. He looks old. Like, well, you, you, when you when you manage all those games and one of those teams, uh, you know, yeah, he's sixty-five. Okay. okay. Listen, Michael. He's had to deal with a lot. He had to deal with George Steinbrenner. Yes. Okay. He had, to, he had to deal with the Orioles at one point. That takes some years off their life. Not a mistake. Um, but I think the thing with him too is. This is obviously his last chance because of his age. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a big proving thing for him. He got a three-year contract, so it doesn't have to be exactly be the first year. But, Michael, you have to remember something too, right? He goes to the Yankees. He's with them. For, actually, I have it I have it pulled up right here. I don't know why I'm trying to guess here. He's with the Yankees from 92 to 95, and they fire him. You know what the Yankees did in 96? They won the World Series. Yeah, they won the World Series. Then, Michael, uh, he goes to the Diamondbacks from 98 to 2000. You, you got any clue what the Diamondbacks did in 2001? Uh, they won the World Series with <laughs> they, Luis They won Gonzalez. the World Series. Then um, he went to the Rangers from 2003 to 2006. Michael, do you know what they did? Not the next year, but, you know, a couple years later. Uh, What? They went to the World Series. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say. So he's pretty much the Mark Jackson of baseball. And that's when you start getting questions about yourself. It's, okay, well, you can get somebody here, but why can't you get them over the top? Mm-hmm. And is it just a part – is it just a point of bad luck? Maybe. But honestly, all, I, there's also been some things out there that, you know, he wears out the veterans in the room. Right. He's a little t- rough around the edges and – but I mean, you know, some you people don't want to be, think, be known the, as the guy 
to not be able to get the team there. But, you know, I honestly think that he t- still will play a pivotal part in all those teams that won it because he got them built to somewhere. And this oh, is no, absolutely, I've... but it's not okay. his name on the right, ring, right, right, and right. that's what matters. Because, you know, I even think of uh, Bill Parcells, like a wonderful football coach uh, for many years, but a lot of teams he didn't win with. Like, you know, he would build them up uh, almost he's a great re- rebuilding coach that can get them to that level. But once that he gets things changed to get him there, it's almost like he just can't coach to win. It's almost like we're changing the atmosphere, changing the organization. I'm great at that. I love it, and I thrive at it. But now that it's changed, I don't know what to do, you know? So, I mean, I don't want to take it away. And, of course, if you don't have a ring, you don't have a ring. But Bill Parcells is a great coach. I mean, do you agree with me in football? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But does he have a ring? Yeah, he won. Yeah, with the I'm I'm really asking. Didn't he win with the Bills? He no, he won with the Giants. He beat the Bills. I think. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. I think uh, I think he has two with the Giants. I'm, I'm gonna look it up for you. Mike. Okay, but I just feel like some coaches are better at different situations on teams. Some yeah, coaches he has great two Super Bowl rings. Both as the, the head Giants, coach. Okay. Yes, as the head okay. coach. Okay, so I don't know. I just feel like some players or some coaches, even like I said earlier, Mark Jackson rebuilt Golden State. And I think if Steve Kerr would have went into that team when Mark Jackson did, he may not have this team to where he has them now. So I, I think you got to look at it that way. And I'm not trying to take anything from other coaches or make other coaches be bigger than what they really are. But I just think some coaches are designed better to be rebuilding coaches. And I hate it for them. Yeah, like I said, it's – I think this is I think I think he can make the Hall of Fame without a ring. Um but it just obviously makes it it, it makes it a lot more difficult. I mean he listen, he's a three time manager of the year, so it's not like he's some slouch. He just hasn't been on the team that won it all. Uh he won in ninety four with the Yankees, he won in two thousand four with the Rangers, and then he won in twenty fourteen with the Orioles. And then, you know, and then that's the other thing too. The thing that kind of helps his legacy, I guess. I guess you could look at is he left the Orioles in 2018. Michael, what have they done since then? Besides lose 100 games four years in a row. I mean, what did they do in 2018 below though? They were in the playoffs. Buck, Buck got the Orioles to the playoffs a couple of years. I. I just feel like the Orioles have been nothing for a very long time. Oh, well, when you lose 100 games consistently, it definitely feels like that. But, no, Buck did get the Orioles to the playoffs a couple times. Okay, I remember. Because okay. I think they played the Yankees in one of the series. And that's the other thing, too. We talk about Buck like he's a great manager and everything like that. And, I, and mm-hmm. like I said, everybody around baseball thinks he is, and I think he is right. as well. He's only won one playoff series. Really? So... <laughs> I mean, but but then you also have to go back. Like, so ninety five, he's with the or he, yeah, he gets fired in ninety five with the Yankees. Ninety six was Derek Jeter's rookie year. <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder how that turned things around. <laughs> and then you know you you go to the Diamondbacks. Obviously, they put everything together in in two thousand one, and you know the Rangers. I believe, I think they went to the World Series in two thousand eight. No, because the Phillies beat the Rays that year. Was it what uh, year? 
I, I can't remember what year the Rays or the Rangers went to the World Series. But I mean, 2006 was probably before Josh Hamilton. We know how important Josh Hamilton mm-hmm. was to that franchise. Um, so don't badmouth Josh Hamilton. No, I'm that a is big, not allowed here. Josh Hamilton guy. Okay, uh, you know the story with me and him, right? I don't know the story. You have a story. Okay, okay, okay. It's not really that great, but to me, it was awesome. So Josh Hamilton played for the Reds when he wasn't doing drugs. And he was running out. It was basically like his rookie year coming out. Like, I think he got signed with the Rangers, came up through their their minor league, and then over to the Reds. I don't know uh-huh. if it was the Rangers but or not. But anyways, so he's coming out to left field, and I accidentally dropped my glove off of the wall, oh, out, you're and it fell down. Guys. Didn't mean to. And I go, hey, Josh. It's like the seventh inning. Josh, Josh, my glove, my glove. And he turns around. And it was in between innings, so it wasn't like during the game at all. And he cut, turns around, sees my glove land in the floor, runs over there to it, and he takes his glove off and acts like he's throwing me his glove and going to use mine. And I went, oh, and he faked me out. And he's a bad smiled. guy. That's a bad guy. I mean, if he wouldn't have done drugs, he probably would have gave it to me. So that might have been pre drugs, Michael. No, actually, actually, he had a really good story, and I know uh, people on drugs. It's it's a complete battle. I'm saying that jokingly, but it is a complete battle. Like he actually has an autobiography out about himself, and I read a little bit of it. Like, did you know that he actually had like a person that he went through uh, rehab with before the Reds? Uh, they like you know were roommates and everything like that. He had that guy go to every game. Like he paid for him to have a room that they buddied up wow. to try to keep himself straight. Like, I mean, he has a good story, but. It just doesn't end the best. So I was really happy to hear that about him. And, and I actually think he was uh, a Christian during that time. Uh, and that helped him, you know, having that faith. And I just I haven't heard much about him now. I don't know if he's straightened back out or not. Hopefully you do. Uh, Josh, shout out. You come on the show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and uh, Never yeah, forget the uh, home run derby performance. Yankee Stadium. Oh, before. my goodness. That's probably the best home run performance ever next to – Todd Frazier winning it at Great American Ballpark for the Reds. Um, listen, Michael, I'm disappointed in you. I'm so, I can't believe that you left out Vladdy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, you know Vlad is my hero, and I'm all about uh, Vlad, but right now his baseball card is number four of the month that is raising in value, just so you know. But man, too Josh busy Hamilton, with NFTs, Michael. Too busy. Hey, something's dropping at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, ain't it? Uh, eight, eight, eight Pacific, so it's 11 Eastern. Oh, okay. I was wondering about that. I'm about ready to grab that Christmas thing, even though I have no I, money. Uh, I'm very much attempting to grab the uh, Christmas stamps. Shout out USPS. <laughs> there we go. But, uh, no, I mean, hands down, Josh Hamilton, number one event of oh, yeah, home run. Derby. I mean, he won an MVP, so he didn't win the home run derby, though, did he? No, I don't think he. I don't think I'm pretty so. sure he pretty much died after that. Like, didn't yeah, he hit 23 yeah. home runs in the Yankee Stadium? I thought it was like I thought it was something like that. And and that was and that used to be when it was by outs. It wasn't like the timer. Yeah. yeah. So it was 10 outs. That was single-handedly the most exciting event to watch in baseball. I love I love the home run derby. Listen, by the way. I know that the home run derby is probably my, the best. I was gonna say it's my favorite out of all like the sports stuff. I would say top two is home run derby and three point contest. Yes, that's that's what I do too. 
I would say home run derby three point. I like to watch the quarterbacks throw at stuff that's moving and in Hawaii. I, I, I mean, you know, it's fun, like the little robots, whatever you try to hit. It's fun to watch, but it's not like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, you no, know, they're exactly. just out there having fun. I like, you know what I do like that the NFL does, though? That little wide receiver thing where they like run around and they have to catch one like one handed and then they have to catch one at the sideline over the shoulder. That one's right. a little entertaining. I like that one. But home run derby, I mean, it, even if you yeah. don't like baseball, I think you enjoy it because it's just people hitting complete tanks bombs i'll never like like judges is my favorite because obviously it's my favorite one of my favorite players and he won but i mean that was the year him because that was the year in miami because stanton was in it as well but judge was hitting them literally off the back of the stadium Mm, like off the glass in the back i was like bro they're hitting it 550 feet like how is that even humanly possible very fun stuff but michael Here's, here's the last point I have about both new managers, actually, and I want to kind of tie it all together because this is where it gets very intriguing to me. There, as we all know, there's a lockout going on. In case, what? You know, you've been, yeah, in case you've been living under a rock, the My MLB is currently kind of locked out. It's, uh, me. I apologize, people, if you well, can hear that. I wish I was snoring, too. Really <laughs> um, but, yeah, so with the lockout, you can't talk to your players. Mm-hmm. And you know that has to be a very weird thing. Uh, Buck was obviously in the MLB when the there was a lockup. I believe in what was it ninety six? No, 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 ninety four. I want to say no. It might, it might, you know it might have been ninety five. I don't know. It was in the nineties. There was a lockout or a shortened season because of a strike or something like that. Right. So. You know, he's experienced it, but I'm sorry, but you gotta hear this snore. That is that is certainly a snore, Michael. I'm sorry. It's a little congested snore too, ain't it? Well it it was uh something. (laughs) Keep going. Give us some Claritin, Michael. Come on. Uh Um, where's Zeratek people here? Nah. No, I don't really I'm not a big uh stuffy nose guy. Okay, I mean that's awesome, man. I, I love it. I, I like the stuff he knows. It's the best, man. You should try it sometime. Uh, you know I'm good. Um, but it's just, it's weird. Like, imagine not being able to like. You get hired for a job, and you're not allowed to talk to your coworkers, basically. Pretty much, like I mean, Buck can't technically talk to his players. Like, hey, you know, I'm excited to work with you. You're my ace. No, like he, that's exactly. Like, he can't even send, like, a, a hello text. Like, he can't even send, like, and the weirdest Do you think he's not? Him? You can't. You can get – do you know how much trouble they would get him? Do you think he's not, though? I don't think he is because I think he's smart enough to know that if they get caught, those fines are going to go uh, – be very hefty. I bet you Buck has already got a list of everyone's phone number and said, you know what, son – I can't, but, you know, I accidentally left this paper here. If you want to send a message over here and just be like, hey, can't Listen, wait for my dad to work with you. Absolutely possible. Yeah. But I, I, I don't – because here's the thing too, right, right, Michael? I was, as always, listening to the Michael K show, and uh, they had Buck on. They interviewed him, and – He's not even allowed to say the players' names. Oh wow! Like that's the weird thing too. Like it's a complete 
you know, separation between the two sides. Like, you know, he, he was joking around. He said, you know, I'm going to go have to, I'm going to have to ice my ribs, you know, after, after all these interviews, because my wife keeps elbowing me in, 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 in you know, in the side after I say a player's name, because he, she knows we're going to get fined. <laughs> like it's, it's a, you literally are just not allowed to have contact with them. And I wonder, crazy. and, and it's not, see, here's the thing. It's not like football where obviously there's, there's schemes and ba- or basketball where, you know, they draw plays and things like that. It's baseball where, listen, see the ball, hit the ball. If you're a pitcher, go out there and try to strike everybody out or, or you know, get outs. So mm-hmm. it's not like that. Where you it's know you're falling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. I know where, you're, where you're falling I know behind the scheme wise, but it also you can't tell me that that's not a disadvantage for you know Buck and and well, that's, uh, if God say if you even think uh, even when we had T.J. Antone from Cincinnati Reds relief pitcher who had uh, Tommy John surgery for the second time mid season on the show back in whenever we had it, you know he even talked about uh, his. This year he had only showed, I think it was uh, the curve and a fastball, and he said he had been working on a splitter or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what the the pitch was. And he said during the preseason, his pitching coach was like, hey, let's work on a third pitch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everyone's got a changeup, but he said I'd, he hadn't thrown a changeup in like 80% of his pitches, so he's like, I just don't want to throw it now. So he's like – here in a couple months, I was thinking about releasing my, my splitter. I'm pretty sure it's what it was. So back in the preseason, I say preseason, the spring training, this pitch was being worked on. Now, granted, we're not to that point yet, but we're going to be. We know this. Michael, we're under players, 100 days. We're really? under 100 days for the season when it's supposed to start. Oh, my. That's exciting. But It is. It's not really, though, because we don't know if there's going to be a season. You're right. So, I mean, even not even just from the coach standpoint. Now, I'm assuming that Buck can probably talk with his, with his bench coach, his yeah, staff. Yeah, he, he can talk to his staff, yes. So, they can go ahead and have their schemes of what they would like to do with the players. But it's even crazy thinking of that. Like, I'm going to come up with a scheme for uh, Lindor and how I want him to, to approach playing this year. But I can't talk to him about it and have it planned out and see if he's okay with it and how things are going. Like, exactly. like right now, the Padres can't talk to uh, Tatis to see if he actually wants to still play outfield or maybe come back to the infield. Like, you know, you want to make sure he's happy if you're a new coach. That's kind of crazy. I mean, that would be tough. Like, why even hire a coach yet? But other than just wanting to have it done, like, oh no. Wow. My ESPN just switched to. Uh, darts. I think I'm gonna have to change that. Well, listen, Michael, don't underestimate darts. Very entertaining. It I is. Do. I just can't do it. That's why I don't watch it. I'm weak. Man said I don't have the talent. I can't watch it. Exactly. If you watch the NFL. You can't be in the NFL. Listen, dog. I would. If it be, wasn't for that knee injury back in high school. No, I would be the Jared Lorenzen of the NFL if they would let me play. Oh yeah. Thank you. Corey, for saying we're doing an awesome job. We appreciate that on ColorCast. Guys, if you're watching this live where you see our beautiful faces, go download ColorCast as well, where you can listen to just our audio and not hear or not see this wonderful Kentucky background for baseball. So check that out. Go to it. Search USN, and you will find all of Unwrapped Sports Network's people. And a last-second shot in the halftime. Oh, for Stanford, for three from half court. That was nice. Anyways, sorry getting sidetracked there. 
no, uh, it's just I just thought that that was intriguing, you know. Not mm-hmm. uh, like I can't imagine. Like I said, it's it's basically like being hired for a job and then not being able to talk to your coworkers. Like I would be, be fine very... so much just because regular everyday conversation talks. Yeah, I like it. Like I said, it has to be weird for me. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to. You can't get that congratulatory text from your players. You can't, you know, go out and and say, hey, you know. What are we thinking? You can't have meetings. It's just, it's weird. And like I said, we're we're under a hundred days, Michael. We are under a hundred days when the season is supposed to start because I think they usually start what in, in late March. They started uh, the season. The games now. usually, yeah, like last week of March, first week of April. Yeah, because my birthday is April eighth, and we usually try to go to like opening day. So, uh, I, listen, it hasn't. I don't think it's going to affect anything crazy yet. But like I said, once you start getting into the, you know, February, March area. Yeah, we're going to have a problem. Yes. And that's the bad part, too, is, you know, just listening to things. I'm pretty sure that both sides pretty much agreed that they weren't going to talk until after the holidays. So, well, they talked last week. But they said they would not talk about any economical problems, which is literally the only thing that they're caring Ex- about. Exactly. Like, I mean, okay, let's meet for seven minutes again and say, yeah, we probably need to do Universal DH because the fans want it. Okay, we agree. See you guys later. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that whole nine yards. Now, let's get into the good stuff. But that's what irks me. Like, I seen an article that was written two days ago. Uh, I think it was on MLB that talked about. They're not meeting now. They won't talk about the major things until January. But then again, he went on to say that, you know, things can change day to day. They may end up saying, okay, something's very important that we want to, we think we can discuss. So I, I feel like there's some type of talk that still has to be going on. It's just behind closed doors or it's, or it's not an official meeting more or less, because if we're going to say that at any moment things could change and they have a meeting, then it's gotta be like, Hey man, like met with some of the managers or the owners. And we're thinking that this could be something that we could talk about. Like this is a, a meeting ground possibly, but okay, let's get in a room and let's talk about this. You know, there's gotta be like letters going back and forth or at least something. I don't know, but to me, it's very heartbreaking and disappointing that to think that they're not taking this time on strike to meet. And no I think it's I think it's bad it. that they let it get to this point because, like I said, if you remember the first show we did when everything happened, mm-hmm. I mentioned that Jeff Passon wrote an article after the old collective bargaining agreement was signed, like the day after it was signed, saying that there was going to be a lockout this coming year. So it's basically been what however long the last CBA was on. You said five years or something like that. Yeah, something something of that nature. Where you knew something wasn't going to happen. So you're telling me you couldn't have had preliminary talks before this? And I and listen, I you just go back to and I think it's just a simple fact that they don't like each other. (laughs) I mean it's almost to the point where you gotta say it's almost childish. Oh no listen it's millionaires against billionaires like Sorry, I don't feel that terrible for you that you guys think you aren't making enough money and that, you know, you know, and and that's where they just go back and forth. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a, well, she did that, but she did it because I did that. Like, right. 
it's it's one of those situations where it's oh the players are saying that they're not making enough money, but you know Max Serger just signed for forty five million dollars, and you know now the now the owners are saying they don't have enough money, but they spent like so the most much. they spent them I think they spent the most money ever, like bef- like in free agency before something mm-hmm. happened. So like who doesn't have who doesn't have the money? Which 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 side doesn't have the money? Because you're losing me here. Because you can't say you don't have money and then sign someone to a forty three million million dollar contract, and then exactly. you also can't say we don't have money, but be able to give out the contracts. Like it doesn't that doesn't make sense. So there has to be that common ground. And listen, when we reach the common ground, we will uh, be some of the happiest people because then we can go back to talking about free agency and because that's the thing too. It, it kills all the programming. It's, you know, I think they overplayed their hand where they were thinking that with a lockout going on, everybody was going to be like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do without baseball? Right. And it's like, what are we going to do without baseball? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm watching a football game right now. I don't care about you guys. I'm watching before. basketball. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching a basketball game. What do you mean what am I going to do without the NFL? I'll tell you what I'll do without the MLB. Everything else. So it, it wasn't like back in the day where – baseball was the clear-cut number one and it was the only thing that mattered to people because now it's okay you guys aren't playing i'm gonna go watch 18 different things yeah you know now college even with technology yeah now college is more prominent than ever there's you know the nfl is obviously on until february uh people you know the casuals they always say that basketball doesn't matter until christmas well it's christmas so you know that's when the casual you know can start paying attention to basketball and it's just uh I think they overplayed their hand a tad bit thinking that it was going to be such a big deal and listen they probably felt fine after that first day because when it first came out that they were locked out that was every headline is oh MLB's locked out and we don't know how long it's going to take and then two days later I have I mean have you heard about it on, absolutely have, have like, I've on had ESPN? To search. yeah I've had to search to find anything yeah, I mean, it's not like it's 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 not headlining ESPN. It's not you know Fox Sports isn't you know only talking about that. It's just right. it's not a thing. It's just not a thing. But you know, Michael, we'll find out when uh it is a thing again, and hopefully it's soon because I need baseball hopefully to start on time. I need baseball to start on time. Right. I also need free agents able to be signed so we can you know, Michael, we got usually around this time we would be doing you know breaking down teams uh, and what we think they're going to do for the season, but we can't yeah. even do that because we don't know who's going to play where. How, like, how am yeah. I going to give predictions on the Yankees if they go out and then they sign Carlos Correa? I'm going to – you know what? That, that's, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. But, Michael, I think it was another wonderful episode if I say so myself. You know, Hold up. I got we, some stuff I want to talk about real quick. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, yeah. Did you know that the Pittsburgh Pirates were the first – Per team, let me read it. This for the first time in franchise history, the uh-huh. Pirates will have an un I'm sorry, will have in uniform a female coach. Oh, Caitlin Callahan will serve as a development coach for the organization based out of its uh, Pirate City complex in Florida. The team has not made an official announcement of the hiring, but the team sources confirmed the move, and Callahan shared the news on her social media. So I think it's a great time. You know, this time last year in florida the marlins hired a cannot think of her name that's why i was trying to do the research yeah i know she's the gm though yes the gm so 
I just wanted to break some news that hasn't been fully broken yet about another move in amount of ball where women do have a place in baseball. So I just thought that was awesome. And even the fact that it's in developmental baseball, I think that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it'd be great if she was a, a, a manager of a MLB team. We all know that would be awesome. But this person definitely like to be hired as a developmental coach, you know, this woman knows baseball and just the odds, ends and outs and everything. So I think that's really cool. And congratulations to Miss Callahan for that hire. And I just thought it was great. No, that is, um, I think the whole, I think it's just fun when women are in sports, because mm-hmm. listen, I mean, if you ever looked at a comment section, when they mentioned anything about women in sports, it's the most toxic thing you'll ever read in your entire life. And I think it's just because people are idiots and like to make stupid jokes about things. Right. Um, but it's fun, man. I, I like I like when you know it's in. I mean, who listen? I've talked to plenty of men who know absolutely nothing about sports, who know nothing. And I've talked to plenty of women who know a lot more sports than a lot of people that I've talked to who are even into sports. So mm-hmm. the fact that you know is it's getting to the point where you know, more and more things are happening in that area. And hopefully one of these days where, you know, a woman gets hired, it's not breaking news. It's not a big deal. I mean, yeah, I, and Michael, you, you know, you got two little girls at home, so you got to hope that uh, it can, exactly one sleeping right next to you. Uh, you got to hope that it continues this way. Maybe they'll be out here, you know, GM of the Yankees one of these days. Hey, no, I'll do it. For, I'll do the rest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Why you. not? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. What top sport do you think will have the first head coach? I think it will be basketball. Um, basketball. Because, I mean, Becky Hammond, right, was around pop for all those years, mm-hmm. you know, learning. Um, I think I think football is too toxic for it to happen. I, do I still think I do it's a lot of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. around that. Um, and then baseball, I just, I don't know. I feel like I haven't heard about too many mm-hmm. stories of women, like coaches anywhere. So for all of a sudden a woman coach to just come out and be a manager, I think would be really random. I but, think it'd be basketball, baseball, then football. I agree with you on that completely. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I could absolutely. And you know, basketball always seems like to be more of the progressive sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they always say basketball that, – that's the saying that, I, that I've always heard and I've always liked. Basketball does it first, the NFL does it right, and the baseball is the last to do it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I like that, though. Awesome. Now I'm going to ask you a quick question, and then we, okay. we can wrap it up here, okay? Big Who is question. the only athlete ever to score an NFL touchdown – and hit an MLB home run in the same week. Deion Sanders. That was pretty easy, wasn't it? No, I just – I know that because he uh, – I mean, you either he, got Bo Jackson or Deion pretty much, ain't it? Well, yeah, he. but I remember he got a pick six and then hit an inside the park home run. Yep. In 92, he led the MLB in triples and led the NFL in kickoff return yards. He hit 533 in the World Series and was the first-team all-pro cornerback. How awesome is that? You know, that's the thing, too. I don't know why we always talk about Bo and not Dion, man. Dion was amazing, actually. Like, Dion was out here bossing it up, and we only talk about Bo as, like, the two-sport athlete, but 
Hey, Dion's up there. Inside the park home run with the Yankees, by the way. But That's when you but when you see Bo throw that one ball from right field, no, it's unbelievable. Yes, and it doesn't look like it. Like it doesn't even look like it has a pitch. You know, like to fall no, down it, that far. It is a dart, which I can't throw darts. So let's not talk about it no more. All right, you know Dion's my uncle uh, has a couple dart championships. Nice. I've got a buddy that actually is on a team that is trying to do leagues and stuff. I suck at darts. All those sports, like with accuracy, I'm not very good at. I hate cornhole. Like, I love the game, but I hate it. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. I'm actually pretty good at that, actually. I lied. Cornhole, I'm pretty good at. But, like, bowling, I suck at bowling, which is annoying because I love to bowl. Big fan. It's fun. Really? You know what? Bowling frustrates me because, you know, bowling, they, you know, they have the little uh, triangles that you're supposed to line up by. You know, you get in the gap and you take the three steps and then you just go straight and it's supposed to be a strike every time. But then sometimes it goes left. Sometimes it goes right. Sometimes it goes straight and then goes left. And you're like, what's going on here? See, my friend, I would always go with him because that's like what we did in high school sometimes, like cosmic bowling on Fridays. Of course. Of course. You know, typical. And my friend is actually pretty good at bowling, like upper, you know, 100, you know, low low 200 type of things. Gotcha. So he's, so he's, pretty, so he's pretty solid. And I'm sitting there, you know, you know, low 100, maybe. And, you know, he's like, oh, you're, bro, you're not, you're not flicking your wrist. Uh-huh. Like, what are you talking about? I'm 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 straight. And he's like, no, 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 bro. The 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 wrist is the wrist is this way, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, you know what? I hate you. I do. But Michael, you got anything else? You got any more? You know, little uh, tidbits? No, I think that's good. I think we're good to go. My wife just All got right, back Michael. from town. She texted me. She brought me some McDonald's. So oh, go man. have me a McDouble. What do you have when you go to McDonald's? Listen, first of all, I think it's a sh- I think it's a crime. Actually, no. All right. I won't say it's a crime, but I'm a big fan of their milkshakes. Big fan. Okay. Nice vanilla milkshake from, from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I always get vanilla. The rest is I, just see, nasty. I hate chocolate ice cream. Really? I do too. Like when I, when I hate, we, see, I hate, but I also, I also hate chocolate milk. But I'll I mean, sit there. Okay. Regular milk, I'll, I'll drink like water. Okay. That's a little Big weird, milk guy. Wait, drink like what? Like water. Water? Yeah. How do you say it? Water? Oh, water? That's oh, what I just said. Yeah, water. All right. Anyways, uh, like a Neapolitan ice cream, totally vanilla and the cherry. Like, I wish chocolate would be like far away from everything else. It's just so weird. You know what's a terribly underrated ice cream, Michael? Uh, Dreamsicle? No, coffee. Coffee's not an ice cream. You've never had coffee ice cream? No, that's why would you well, drink see. that? That's or eat that's, that? That's nasty. It's no, coffee. it's literally one of the best things you'll like, ever have. Why do you have ice coffee? It's coffee. Don't ice coffee. Oh my it's, god, you're one of these people. It's coffee. You make it with hot. First of all, it's coffee, not coffee. Um, coffee. Uh, that wasn't it. It's that's coffee. what you just said, though. Not coffee. That's northern. Come on, that's coffee. Almost Boston. It's coffee. coffee. Anyways, and there's no such thing as ice coffee. That's dumb. No, I have never only drink. In fact, I only drink frozen coffee. Oh, so you're not a man. Got you. I don't like first of all, if that makes me not a man, absolutely. Coffee is not good. You'll get there. In fact, in fact, I take my I'm I I prefer my creamer with a bit of coffee in it. Oh, I mean, I'm with you on that. I've got to have my creamer. No, uh, no, there's no no black coffee here. Black, no, no, no. I, I take mine basically white with about. Eight pounds of sugar in it. 
But I'm, you know, the sugar don't really bother me too much. That's only, I guess, to wake me up. I could care less. Vanilla bean. Oh, perfect. Sounds nice. That sounds nice. But yeah, whatever. So, what do you get when you go to McDonald's? Like, you can't just always Um, get a milkshake. Like, what do you go to? Crispy chicken sandwich. That's what you kind of make me think of. I'm a a McChicken guy. I like McChickens. Oh, McChickens, not the crispy chicken sandwich. No. Okay. Uh, I'm a McChicken guy. Uh, You know. You know, McDouble's fine. You know, maybe a, you, 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 you Michael, you see, here's the thing, right? We, we, I don't know if your schools around you do it, but we always give out, like, we have to, we sell these coupon cards, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Buy one. And our McDonald's always do buy one, get one free large sandwich. Oh, nice. So, like, if you buy a Big Mac, you get a free one. Mm-hmm. You ever so, call you know, in on the, the receipt, the numbers, and get a free sandwich? Never in my life. On the receipt, it says if you call and give us a review, we'll give you a code for a free sandwich. I hardly ever do it. Have I done but really, you know, there's someone out there that collects receipts that people probably throw away. Like, yeah, you know where you can really finesse the system is Chick Fil A. Because oh, yeah? if you ever go to them and you're like, "Yo, why are there pickles on my sandwich?" You're like, "Oh my gosh, we are so sorry. Let us give you a new one and a coupon for a free sandwich next time." Every time. Every time, like one time, we went and we thought that they forgot one of our sandwiches, but we just didn't see it in the bag. They gave us another sandwich <laughs> and and a free coupon for a free sandwich. Oh, I was so like, nice bro, I was like, bro. Every time I come here, I'm about to just lie. Oh, but yeah, Michael, I'm one of those people it. that takes advantage of things. Absolutely, you feel guilty after a while. No, Michael, not even an ounce, not one ounce. It's Chick Fil A. You have to. All right. Well, guess guess what. You don't have to do anything, and I certainly wouldn't. Anyway, Michael, it's a full. tell the people where they can find you so we can get on out of here. You can find me in St. Louis. And I come brain ring. Oh, dude, I'm sorry, Nobody bust that's Nelly. It's Nelly. Nobody do you not know who Nelly is? I know, Michael, obviously I know who Nelly is. Okay, then. No, I've never good heard stuff. that song, though. Anyways, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything like that with MD Lawson zero zero. That's all the handles there in the bios. You can also find my link tree that has all the other links. Find me on ColorCast MD Lawson zero zero USN at the end. Uh, of course we go live every Thursday night, nine o'clock had to go 10 o'clock uh, today. Luckily after Christmas, we'll actually change our schedule where we're closing at eight o'clock, which will be very nice. But also on Saturday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time is Count the Bucket with my co-host Nick Andre. We bring all the great stuff with the NBA. Sometimes we'll dip into a little uh, college basketball and some WNBA as well. So check them out. Yes, sir. As for me, Anthony Conover underscore on Twitter for all my thoughts uh, on the the world, I guess you should say. Mostly sports stuff because I don't really like anything else. Um, Mondays. Seven Eastern Generational Source for me and my boy Josh breaking down everything from, you know, we got the UFC, we do, you know, football, we do basketball. Hey, listen, anything you want, that's what we got for you. Uh, Tuesdays is the hard count with me and my boy CJ breaking down everything in the football world. Uh, you know, going over the previous week's games, giving predictions for the next week. And then obviously, like Michael said, backstop banter is on Thursdays at 9 Eastern. Make sure you check out the pod as well. You know, available everywhere you listen to your podcast. So if you ever miss any bits of the show, you want to go back and listen, feel free to go 
Find the pod, Backstop Andy, on Apple Music, Star. Spotify, iHeartRadio. You know, leave a nice little review for the kids. Leave a nice little rating for us as well. Uh, and then, yeah, also check us out on Colorcast, people. We got a nice little uh, deal going on with them. So make sure you check us out on Colorcast. Obviously, everything is much appreciated over there. Had some comments going on tonight. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, it, Michael. Michael, before we go, this is the last show that we'll do before Christmas. So I got to say to you and to all of our people out there as well, a Merry Christmas, Michael. Merry Christmas to you and to yours as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, Michael, anything for you. Maybe. (laughs) But with that being said, we will head on out of here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week, people.